0: Programming is sponsored by Six Feet Over Under Productions. The views expressed do not necessarily reflect the views of this station, its
1: management, or Beasley Media Group. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen, powered by Elik825. I'm supposed to do this read with a stray face, <laughs> Jeff. Forget <laughs> it. Are, you don't have to. We are thrilled to join <laughs> you on WWDB 860 AM and 97.5 HD2, part of the Beasley Media Group, ready <laughs> to help you move into the weekend talking about all the news and world the sports. If you all only knew what goes on in the studios before we go (laughs) on the air, you too would have a problem keeping a straight face opening a show. Jeff, I'll ask the question. I'm just waiting
2: for my Festivus Miracles. Well, there was a Festivus Miracle. You knew about
1: Thursday Night Football last night, but then when I asked (laughs) if you stayed up for it, you said, nope, I saw it on (laughs) replay. That would have been a Festivus Miracle. Uh, So you did watch some of the game on Thursday Night Football, right? Or did you watch the Sixers? <laughs> n- not Perform. <laughs>
2: I did watch the Sixers, but that we can talk about that later.
1: So th- th- that's the difficulty. Is I asked you, like, okay, what are we going to start the show about? And- Let's talk
2: about how Chase Claypool is one of the most immature, dumb football players in the NFL. And we'll get there with Leroy Horde at four thirty-five, who played football. No, but I want to talk about it now because for... <laughs> I watched the highlight,
3: not because I watch it live. Not because, because I watched
2: it live, but but look, this this is a guy who complained earlier this season that maybe they would do better if they would play different music during practice. And Mike Tomlin didn't like that comment. Can you imagine—I love Mike Tomlin. Can you imagine Mike Tomlin, what he was—what was going on? If you had those little cartoon bubbles above people's heads, as Chase Claypool, with no timeouts left, less than a minute to go, down a touchdown, decides that he's going to catch a ball and do a first-down little celebration— while the center runs You're generally anti-celebration anyway. No, no, I'm okay with celebrations. I'm not okay with celebrating while your center is trying to grab the ball from you and tell you to get to the line and you waste 18 seconds, which clearly should have mattered because they almost scored a touchdown on the last play of the game and would have had a couple more plays. It was a terrible play
1: at the same time. Did you see the holes that were being run through by the Vikings earlier in the game? Yeah.
2: Well, that that was the third most yards, I believe, ever by a running back against the Steelers defense. Troy Aikman's on the call of the game and he goes, I
1: had Emmett Smith as my running back, and I didn't see holes even for him that were that big. <laughs> you,
2: you know, we were supposed to have Ryan Shazier on and hopefully we'll have him on another time. Can you imagine what he would be saying about that Steelers defense? Oh, my. Maybe uh, we should call Mean Joe right now. Oh, he's probably very mean. Hey, what'd you think? <laughs> <laughs> it was
1: The Steelers are, are, have had problems this season. I mean, look, they couldn't block anybody in the first half. Ben got beat up a lot. They definitely came back in the second half, became an interesting game
2: while you were sound asleep. Apparently uh, <laughs> the only, well, not the only player, but one of the players who decided to try hardest was the oldest guy on the team.
1: Well, that be, does happen. I mean,
2: well, this this Steelers team, is they should be much better than they Can are. Do you think Tomlin survives this? Yes. It's not his fault. But Ben's gone after uh, this, I right? mean, I guess if you want to believe that some players have tuned him out, because if you listen to people like Ryan Clark and, and other former Steelers, they've got a lot to say. But I, I haven't heard anybody saying this is on Tomlin. Tomlin's a leader. And Tom, well, but Tom, but you wonder if I mean you always talk about whether or not players start to tune out a coach. They got to get rid of some of these players. They don't. They can keep Juju Smith Schuster and they can keep Deontay Johnson and find a third receiver. Plus they have Gentry and Fryermuth as tight ends, and they got a good running back. As long as they have an offensive line. They can find another wide receiver. For, they also have Washington, too. So they don't need Chase Clayton. Our want to
1: know why you're breaking down Pittsburgh, the other option Jeff gave me to start the show was the Flyers. Yeah, so, <laughs> and I didn't think going with yeah. a team that's J- lost Jason decided he wanted
2: to stay as far away from Philadelphia <laughs> sports on the Philadelphia <laughs> sports show as he could. Well,
1: it's not the best week or time right now. Deca- <laughs> by
2: the way, did Carter <laughs> Hart get an assist? <laughs> uh, did, did Carter Hart get an assist the other night for the, the pass that he made that opened the goal? Uh was the best thing that happened.
1: <laughs> it, it it has been tough to watch them play. They I, get, I guess
2: I guess Vignon get is is uh can just like kind of sit back and besides the fact that he's getting a big fat salary, but to sit back oh keep doing that guys. You're just showing it it's not my problem. It wasn't my fault.
1: Uh, they play in Vegas tonight. We'll, we'll see if it gets What did the... I text you the other night? I don't know. You text me a lot. Blow <laughs> it up.
2: Blow it now's the time it's time. You're going to have to accept it. Rebuild. It has been, what, 45 years plus since they won a Stanley Cup? At what point do you say, as much, I love Claude Giroux, but if if you need to start over, now's the time to do it. You do have veterans that you can, you can get good young players and draft picks for, and then you have to make sure you have somebody in place that can actually draft Better than what the Flyers have drafted. And I don't know if Chuck Fletcher is the answer.
1: That's the problem. They had gone in the opposite direction. We'll get back to the Flyers uh epic disasterness in a little bit. Uh why don't we bring on the man himself, the voice play by play announcer for the Union, many other Fox Sports, you name it, he's out there World everywhere. club, you name it, anywhere yeah. he's there. He's there. JP Della Camera. It was great to see you down at the Union Stadium last week. How you doing, sir?
3: I'm good. Great to see you guys as well. When was that last Sunday, right? Feels like a Seems long like, time ago, uh, right? Weeks ago, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, time time stands still.
2: Have you gotten out of the parking lot yet? <laughs> uh, it took a while. It took a
3: while, but you know what, guys? When I when I see a game like that, you know, I I don't mind waiting. You know, that was a, that was a big time moment in Philadelphia Union history. That crowd was amazing, and the effort that those players gave was amazing we had talked um, we did the game on radio danny higginbottom and i and we had spoken about how in a 24-hour period the story changed from favorites to underdogs and the underdogs scored first and could have won the game
2: okay so when when they scored that goal i can't remember you've been to probably a lot more games than we have i can't remember the stadium shaking the way that you could physically feel it shake after they scored that first
3: yeah. goal. Yeah, it was loud and I remember when the goal was scored, I first thought it was Shibilko was the own goal, right? Uh, I was thinking it was Shibilko from my angle, couldn't couldn't see it as clearly as, as others could, depending on where you were sitting, but either way, you know, it's a it's a great goal that they scored, you know, to get on the board first from the pass that was made and then, you know, the finish. Uh, And I remember saying something like, you know, will this be the biggest goal in Philadelphia Union playoff history? I said, we'll have the answer in about 30 minutes, I think I said. And then I came back later after the uh, NYC scored, NYCFC scored, and I think I said, I've just answered my own question. It only took about (laughs) like five minutes. So I said the answer was no, it was not the biggest goal in their playoff history. But uh, I do remember – the stadium was, uh, was exploding. It was really loud.
1: The mix of excitement and tension in the stadium was this amazing push and pull of what was going on. I wanted to take a step back with you, though. For our listeners who aren't as familiar, you talk about how they went from favorites to underdogs. Can you explain a little bit what happened, how the union ended up with 11 players in protocol with oh, wow. Jim Curtin saying after the game they're at home watching healthy?
3: Yeah, I mean, I wish I had more answers. COVID is something that nobody can seem to explain, right? Like, why does one team have one guy or two guys that get it? Nobody else gets it, and yet, you know, you're all in close proximity. You know, we're seeing uh, Tottenham recently had, what was it, nine players, something like that, that, that were not able to play, and five coaches. Uh, we've seen that, you know, from from other teams elsewhere. So nobody seems to know, but... I think everybody has different protocols, right? So the league has certain guidelines that they have. Um, teams are operating this way. Doctors are operating this way. But, you know, I take Jim at his word when he says, you know, that we had 11 guys at home basically with a case of the sniffles. So he's really saying that, you know, they had no symptoms. And so, you know, you had 19,000-plus people in that stadium, right, that that didn't go through COVID testing like Players go through, and yet, you know, they're in the building, right? So it seems like almost like there was a double standard, right? One for players, and one for 19,000 people that were not six feet apart, guys. <laughs> you know, right? Uh, if they were six feet apart, the crowd would have stretched into the the city of Philadelphia proper. <laughs> you know, you have 19,000 people, and and they're all in there. So I felt bad for Jim. I mean, I felt bad for every player. But the players that I felt bad for the most were guys like Andre Blake, uh, Ali Bedoya, you know, what a great captain. And, and, you know, here he is on the sideline, you know, can't play. Jacob Glesnes, who did not miss a minute of any game all season, missed one minute in a Champions League game. I don't remember why they took him off and, and why, like, in the 90th minute. But, you know, every minute he was a warrior. And here he is. Uh, I assume all these guys were watching the game on ESPN at home because I'm sure they were not going to be allowed in the stadium if they had tested, you know we can't even say tested positive, right? because all they say is uh, health and safety protocols. Right. so they I'm not aware, I'm not aware, guys that eleven guys and a couple of coaches tested positive. That's not the way I understand it. You know, I don't know what the terminology is, but They could not play due to MLS health and safety protocol, which doesn't mean necessarily that they have it, but maybe they were in close contact with somebody that that was, you know, or was around somebody that didn't follow the quarantine. But, you know, I heard all kinds of rumors and and none of those were true about, you know, what happened, how it spread and all that. So, you know, it, it is what it is. Great effort. Sorry for the team that they didn't have everyone healthy. I think if everyone's healthy, I think they're in MLS Cup.
2: So before we get to how do they recover from this, uh, the question that I had was, is e- even after they scored the tying goal, NYCFC, I can't say that fast yeah. enough. Um, I know, it's hard. It, we, we get to the, I believe, 88th minute and they score. What yep. Yep. what What happened at that point? Was it just that these guys who weren't used to playing this much just wore down?
3: Well, first of all, I think NYCFC is a fantastic team and as great a player as Castellanos is, and I think he's one of the very best in the league. You can easily replace one guy compared to, you know, 11 guys and what was it, five starters? Uh, you know, it's much easier. This was a whole new back line that the union had. And the, and the only guy, I feel bad for Baizo, you know, that was like an individual breakdown on that side, you um, you know, on the last play, and it's never one guy's fault, you know, how did the ball get there in the first place, and, you know, could anybody else have helped, you know, in that situation? But I think it's just one of those things that happens. It's like a a Stanley Cup-winning hockey coach once said to me, you know what the game's about? He said the game is about individual plays, and he said there's probably three or four of those in a game, and how you handle those is what makes you a winner or a loser on that day. And that was like 88 minute. I I know one thing. I'm sitting there in the radio booth thinking this surely is going to extra time, and I'm already thinking in my head, you know, is this going to go to penalties? Like what kind of drama? Like how is this going to play out? And so that goal came from, to me, really like out of nowhere. Nobody was expecting that.
1: Well, and the story would have been unbelievable leading up to that I mean, It's oh, still, yeah. still an amazing story in, in terms of the players that they had on the field I mean you, you look at Colin 37 years old hadn't been on the field at all'd been more like a coach and he's out there playing the whole time so I mean yeah. he, he, got he to, played pretty well he, he did played pretty well and look I, the thing with the union they we always talk about it Jim Curtin sort of represents the heart of the city like he is a Philly guy. Yeah. That, yep. that team played with the toughness that fans in this city respect and appreciate. They didn't say, For sure. we're underdogs, we don't have a chance, our, our no. back line is out, our captain's out, our no. brick wall goaltender's out. They went out there, and they put it on and, and had a chance to win.
3: Yeah, yeah. Aurelian and Collin hadn't played a regular season game in two years, right? Stuart Finley has only played in a handful of games. He was next to him. Baizo was the only guy there that was a, a regular starter for this team. Nathan Harrell had never played a game in MLS as a left back, and yet, you know, there he was. So one of the greatest things about this team was its consistency during the year when you figure out that if you take Blake and the, and the four in the back as a five, I mean, Glesnes played, as we said, every minute. Elkett played full 90s in every game but the one game he was suspended for. You know, Wagner and Beiser were probably close to thirty games started or thirty games played. Like these guys were together. And now you're 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 throwing out a goalkeeper who had only played in three or four games this year, you know, a left back who had never played there before, Finley who had only started a handful of games, Colin who hadn't played in two years, and the game was scoreless for the longest time. I thought The longer this game stays 0-0, the better chances the union would have. I didn't see, if it was going to be a high-scoring game, I would have guessed, based on that lineup, that NYCFC would be the team that would be on top. So, you know, full credit to them for the way they gutted this one out. Uh, They all bought in. I know Jim likes to say, you know, next man up. But it it felt like the next 11 up, you know? It wasn't... They weren't trying to fill one spot. You know, they were trying to fill all of these places. The best thing they had going for them, though, was, you know, you had your two number 10s and Shabilko. You know, Flock was still there. Martinez was still there. So I thought that they still had a good enough base that if they kept it close, they could find a way to win.
2: All right. So the season's over. This is the farthest they've ever gotten. What What yep. do they need to do? I know it's early. What do they need to do next season to get them To the next level. Last year it was the Supporters' Shield. This year it's the Conference Finals. We're hoping next year they get there. What do they they need to do, and what do they need to keep, or what's leaving?
3: Well, I think Ernst Tanner said it best. I can't remember which day it was. A couple days ago, he says, we're looking for a striker. That's the top priority. So I think they recognized that Shabilka was the only guy that they could really count on. As talented as I think Sergio Santos is and Corey Burke is, they missed a lot of games due to injury. So Casper was the only guy that you could count on to score goals, and he was streaky. So he ended up with what 12 for MLS, 17 when you factor in you know all of the games combined. But but he was streaky, and if he wasn't scoring, you know during one of those slumps, it seemed like no one was scoring. So whether they play next year. In a, whether they go back to that four-four-two diamond, whether they go back to what they finished with this year, you know, the 4 4-3, 3 using the, the two number 10s, uh, I don't know. But they do need another striker, maybe two, you know, depending on, on what other guys' situations are. So one top-notch striker for sure. And when I say top-notch striker, I mean a goal scorer, somebody that can get you minimum of 15 goals, and preferably more. If they get that, and that's all that they get, I think they are significantly improved. I think re signing is huge. I would have guessed that there might have been some interest in him overseas. Uh, getting him is good. I don't know what's going to happen, though, about other players, right? And I'm not trying to start rumors, but I mean, if I'm a team in Europe, I'm asking about Kai Wagner. I'm asking about. Jose Martinez, you know? I'm asking about Gazdog if they could get him back. You know, Uh, Montero. They've got got guys that other clubs in other countries are interested in. So I'm saying to you that striker is the top priority, and if they brought back this exact same team, which they won't, but if they did, uh, and they just added a guy that could score 15 to 20 goals, they're already a much improved team, you but might. I still think off season, you know, somebody, somebody will probably leave. Right. I would think, you know, somebody will make an offer for somebody. I don't know who, but hopefully it's not too many, but I think the, the core group is really good. And yeah. then you've got the young kids like Paxton and Jack McClendon, Quinn Sullivan, assuming that they all stay, uh, you know, and, and not, not have interest from overseas. And I know that there is interest in them overseas, but I don't know what the, you know, what the dollars are. But assuming those three guys stay, I think their minutes will go up significantly. That,
1: next was, year. that was sort of my question. You know, it seems like they have a little bit of flexibility, potentially, to explore moving some of those players overseas when you've got young guys like Paxton and Jack McGlynn. Nathan who played well in that game, who barely got he any did. time during yeah. the season. So what do you think the role yeah. of the young players will be next year? How expanded do you think that would be, potentially?
3: Well, I think that if you look at the three of them, I mean, they could all compete for a starting position. There's, there's no doubt in my mind about that. I think I think Paxton Aronson showed when, when he had to start in games, you know, what he could do. Uh, so if those three do come back, for sure, significant roles. But they'll also be on the U.S. Um, under-23 radar. They already were at the end of this year, right? So those are three guys that would get, you know, more playing time. I think that, you know, the rest of it, I guess we'll see. I mean, I'd, I'd love to see that back four return intact with Blake and have Jose Martinez there. And and maybe they can keep those guys. So I think, to me, uh, everybody has opinions on players, right? Martinez is one of the best in the league as a holding midfielder. So I, I hope that they can keep him. And Kai Bogner, to me, one of the best left backs uh, justified his All-Star selection earlier this year, so and I know there's interest in those guys, but there always is. So the trick is, you know, Ernst knows what he's doing. Obviously, I mean, Philadelphia is the talk of this league now in in how they've operated this team in terms of the money that's been spent, in terms of the academy. Uh, there's a myth out there that they don't spend money on players; they do. You know, the the players' salaries are part of public record with the players association, you know, they are spending some money on players. So I think that's a myth. And I have seen, you know, other teams say, this is a way we can get it done. We don't have to spend $31 million or whatever that figure was that Atlanta spent or Toronto spent. Um, they can do it this way. And so Philadelphia went from, from a team that that people weren't having in the conversation to a team that others, are trying to emulate more and get away from you know their own business plan.
2: Yeah, but, but the the thing about success is, especially in the front office, is that everybody wants to duplicate it and everybody wants to steal it. So right. you you have you have Ernst, but you also have Jim Curtin, and the rumor was out there, and and we're all holding our breath for the answer to this. Tell us, Jim Curtin's yeah. not going anywhere.
3: Uh, I hope so. I hope he's not going anywhere. I, I know he's got. I know he's got, um, I think it's two years left on his contract. So I think um, for any team to try to get him, you know, they would have to ask permission of the union. And I think the union refused. At least that's what the rumor is. I didn't ask Jim myself. I thought he had a bigger fish to fry on game day. So I didn't want to bring that up to him. You know, I was mostly talking COVID stuff. Um uh, but I did see the rumor out there. I, I had heard that rumor by the way, over a month ago before before it was ever printed. I think it makes sense that Chris Albright would approach Philadelphia to see if you know if he was available. everything that I read said that Philadelphia said no.
1: JP, we can't thank you enough, man. It was great to see you at the stadium. We enjoyed hearing your voice all season. Look forward to seeing what you're calling in the Union offseason and then getting you back on as this all starts up again. Uh, always appreciate the time, man.
3: That'd be great. I didn't realize how quickly the season was starting until I read somebody wrote six weeks until preseason. And I'm thinking, wow, that's, <laughs> you know, that's early. We get started now late February, so that's great. Uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing what this team does to – make themselves better to contend for MLS Cup next year.
1: Sounds good, man. You have a great day. Thank you so much.
3: You too. Enjoy the weekend, everybody.
1: Jeff, he's right. The atmosphere down there was just truly unbelievable.
2: It's been incredible. I mean, I'm telling you that it was amazing to be there. It was amazing to, like, I don't know. When I walked in the building, I didn't think it was over. And I I didn't get the impression that everybody else thought it was over because half their team wasn't able to play. No, and, and if and if you if you were watching, if you went to the World Series or you went to the National League Championship, and and at the National League Championship they announced the day before Bryce Harper's not playing, JT Realmuto's not playing, Reese Hoskins isn't playing, Zach Wheeler's not playing, and name a couple other player players that are really good that aren't playing. How many people would be selling their tickets on StubHub or trying to? Oh, without a doubt. They and be, that place was that place was sold out, and I don't think there was a single person there that didn't think that somehow they could pull this out. It was totally electric down there, and it was an absolute
1: blast. And it's a shame that they had to play through what they did. It's a shame how it ended. Uh, but again, they continue to be one of the most fun teams in the city, and you, you should go out and catch a game next year. It would be good. Jeff, why don't we hit the break when we come back. We'll talk a little more. We'll get to Leroy Horde. Uh, stick with us, and we'll come back.
0: Operating engineers are the men and women that move mountains. And the Engineers Labor Employer Cooperative, ELEC, puts them to work. They create opportunities for the men, women, and union signatory contractors of Local 825, repaving our roads, keeping our homes bright and warm, and even building our favorite team stadium. We understand infrastructure. That's why ELEC and Local 825 are ready to get to work.
1: <clears throat> Jeff, that was a fun one. Always great to see and talk to JP. Obviously after four thirty, if you keep listening here, uh, you can catch us on the stream, you can catch us on the replay on Tuesday, you can catch the interviews out online. So plenty of places Oh, You, to can, keep wait, you can
2: catch us on the
1: podcast, on, the on podcast. iTunes, well, you, you can know catch it's us funny. On Google Play we never do that. Us, what? We don't publicize where you can find us. You can literally find us everywhere. <laughs> like you can subscribe on SoundCloud. Many of our
2: family members would be dismayed at that, wouldn't they? <laughs> Bel-
1: believe me, they they hear way too much of me talking. Wait, uh, I can listen to you other places? Oh. Yeah, so <laughs> I don't know that they want to hear me, but they can and you can sometimes you can even see these interviews on YouTube. Yes, there's... but can can they can they hear
2: you do a fake accent in the south?
1: Uh I am not Brian Kelly. <laughs> So, no. And I know that you were watching that and got a kick out of why? that when it why, happened.
2: Why do that? Why? Now, he is an experienced recruiter, okay? Mm-hmm. Does he not know that every other coach in the SEC is going to walk into a recru- recruit's home and now go, this guy left his team on the eve of finding out if he was going to be in the college football playoffs and, by the way, he came down here, and this guy is such a phony that he can't even be himself, especially Nick Saban. Nick Saban doesn't go down and, 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 and pretend that he's from Alabama. He's confident in himself. Brian Kelly walks down there, and he tries to put on a Southern drawl. Were you surprised? Yeah, I was surprised. Oh, come on. I, I'm, I'm, supp- I'm you worry. Yes, I am, because I'm surprised that somebody that's been around the sport for that long, talked to that many parents, done that many press conferences— Is is that clueless as to because he you don't think he's walked into other people's homes and criticized other coaches for being phony and that you can't count them on them and something else? Look, I know it's hard to say goodbye. But you would think he'd get better at this.
1: Like <laughs> his daughter is still a student at Notre Dame. She now has to deal with the fact that yeah. her father left. Yeah. Well, that's in the not her. That's night, not basically. her fault. I know, but she's I gonna. I that stuff. That's the thing. She's going to have to be subjected to that because he couldn't even handle it the right way. I mean,
2: think about. It. I don't know. I mean, you can jump right to the whole in a worse situation. The whole thing with Matt Nagy and 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 Kit and. People at his kids' sporting event, or I think it was the school football game. Fire chant, Matt Nagy. Y- you, c- you cannot do stuff like that. <laughs> While Matt Nagy's in the audience. Yeah, like, the, the like, like you can't do the, the The level of crassness and classlessness it takes to do that in front of, like for anybody who thinks it's okay to chant, fire somebody, yes, you have freedom of speech. But keep in mind that there is a kid that's wondering whether his father or mother is going to lose their job. And and that is a big thing for a kid. If you're doing it at a professional stadium, they can say to their family, you know what, maybe it's best you don't come like Matt Stafford's wife for <laughs> other reason. Like <laughs> Sometimes like, it's that so that like you don't comment and make, people, the, right? make the situation worse.
1: <laughs> Look, it's got to be hard to be family, though. I mean... Thankfully for my kids, I won't have any athletic <laughs> ability that, <laughs> no, that, that. No, they won't no, criticize Nobody that. will be
2: criticizing and hoping that a team trades you. huh? No, is that not what you're at saying? all. But I mean, that's got to be. There's hard. still shuffleboard. Uh, uh, not shuffleboard. Curling, curling, curling. That's, that's always been my dream. The Winter Olympics it, are it, coming is, up. Is, is it is the old man's dream that you can, you can become a curler and be in the Olympics? Are you going to watch? Uh, I've gotten the point. Do you I,
1: watch the Winter Olympics?
2: I like the winter Olympics better than the Summer Olympics, but it's just gotten to the point where I, I don't want to watch an Olympics with nobody there. Do that's, you Okay,
1: that's that's like is.
2: like watching downhill skiing without the people, you know, with their cowbells and all the people on the sideline and that kind of stuff. I like bobsledding. Yeah, so, that too. But it's all but I'd be way too afraid to do it. <laughs> but oh. I totally love you, other doing you. You know what? If we can find somebody do that can not help us do it. Even. No, we are going up to Lake Placid and no, doing that is are a dream not. of mine. I have
1: agreed to sleep outside in the cold. I have tried out you for won't a minor league basketball team. in a team. sled? Jim Curtin has said that people can take penalty kicks on me. There is zero oh. chance that I get in that sled and get on the ice. We can go slow. Absolutely zero. We don't have to go 90 miles that, an hour. That, that happens. Are you serious? You can go take one for the team. On I that
2: wasn't one. saying that you were going to go. What's the other thing? Um, skeleton. skeleton. Yes. That ain't happening either. <laughs> wait, wait, there's there's one they go down feet first, and the other one just because feet first isn't enough that you can go down yeah. head first. Yeah, that's not going to happen Which either. Which one's that?
1: I don't know. I don't even like going down the kids' slide oh, head one's l- first. Are you so Luge's
2: feet first, <laughs> and I think Skeleton is head first. You're correct. I'm not asking you to do that. I'm go- asking you to go down in a sled with sides. Okay. So did you ever see Cool Runnings? Yes. where they
1: like start off where they just kind of gently push on the flat part of the ice yeah. that's my kind of bobsled going down the hill when you're like 80 100 miles an you, hour come on zero Z- chance
2: you i'm not asking you to jump out of an
1: airplane zero chance
2: it's not going to do that either it's so it's cool it's just sledding <laughs> you didn't sled as a kid you didn't get on like a in college you didn't get on uh, on like a cafeteria tray and go down a hill it's that, the same thing that is not just sledding come on bobs look well you didn't answer the question have you gone sledding on a cafeteria tray no well, then we got to get you out there. Well, of course, it has to snow at some point. but That
1: I will do. I mean, we're talking to a guy who's in Miami right now, so I'm going to bring on Leroy Horde. I don't really think he's going
2: to talk about bobsledding uh, and all right. snow. Let, let, but let, let, hey, let, you know what? Let's bring on a guy who's really from Louisiana. That's right. Bring him on.
1: Yeah, it, Maybe you know how to do a Louisiana accent since uh, Brian Kelly's kind of not figured it out yet. Leroy Horde, thank you so much for joining us, man. No
0: problem. That's That's terrible.
1: what was your reaction that's
0: not a Louisiana accent (laughs) you want to know a Louisiana accent Yeah. here's what you do (laughs) take a deep breath and whatever you have to say whatever story you're telling you say it in one word (laughs) that's Louisiana (laughs) because if you stop somebody else going to start talking you got to wait to finish so that's
2: louisiana Look, right you you were recruited heavily when you came out of high school if a you guy know,
0: me and ward ward were the first two people recruited out louisiana
2: wow at michigan
0: yeah
2: yeah and and, and you learned to say things in more than one word yes yeah so yes. so so let me ask you a question we weren't actually going to go here but we might as well ask a guy from louisiana if if you were being recruited, and and a guy from Notre Dame who just came to LSU started pulling out a Southern drawl,
0: who was from UMass from Massachusetts?
2: Yeah. What 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 would you do, and what would other coaches be saying to you when they were recruiting you? <laughs>
0: it it wouldn't even make it that far because my mom would look at me and say, "Is he serious?" <laughs> so so look, one of the things about sports. And you guys can tell me. One of the things I've always learned is be sincere. You can have a take. It don't you people don't have to agree with you. But if you're keeping it real, people appreciate that.
1: They'll respect you.
0: They'll respect, correct. And so that's one of the problems that sometimes athletes have with journalists and reporters, is that they want the hot question. It has nothing to do with who they are, but they want you to be personal. And and there's a conflict there. But every time I've ever had a, a conversation with a person, I've been me. I'm not a person who's hateful or harmful or you're going to have to have the hot take. And so when I say something, people usually, you know, take it for what it is, whether they agree or not, because I always keep it real now that is not real not even close <laughs> well, well
2: <And laughs> look somebody
0: I- in this family had to say
1: whoa
0: hey. <laughs> uh, wh- what are you doing
2: well well look i could also vouch for the fact that that leroy was always real much to the chagrin of your coach at yes. times
0: yes um i i think Here's where I was, and here's why there was conflict. Not bad conflict, but just conflict in general. Because I thought it was hilarious that I would have to practice with guys who I knew couldn't tackle. (laughs) And so I almost was offended that I had to stop and give them the satisfaction that they tackled me. And so I would laugh and joke and play. And Bo would be like, you got to take this serious. And you know, college, rah-rah or whatever. I'm like, if I got to go out and, and kind of boost myself up to, to go out and play football, that means I can't play. <laughs> so why why are we doing this? All of, Here, all the rah-rah guys are special teams guys. They go out for two plays, come out, and then piss everybody off when the offensive defense got to go on the field. <laughs> So that's, that's how I viewed that. So I I always and I tell people all the time, let me have my method of going out and getting my ass kicked on every play. Right? You think it's tough? Imagine being a running back. You get hit on every play you're in the game. Let me deal with it the way I want to deal with it. Don't tell me how to deal with it. Don't if I want to laugh while I'm getting it, let me laugh. If I want to talk trash, let me talk trash. Because in the end, there's only a select few people that have played this game that can go out there year after year after year and take that pounding and still give 100% effort every time. So, eventually, Bo started calling me Leroy the Magnificent. (laughs) He says, because your methods are a little bit different, but you always get it done.
1: You know, you mentioned teammates. Jeff and I started the show talking about the Thursday night game last night. Don't know if you caught the Steelers game, the Chase Claypool celebration while his offensive lineman is trying to spot the ball again, clock running. What would you have done if your teammate was busy man making a first down Um, sign?
0: First of all, I know for a fact that the two teams that I mostly played for in Cleveland and Minnesota we had a couple of offensive linemen that went and clipped him, and, and got his butt in the right position, right? So he would have got tackled by the defense, and then one of the offensive linemen would have took him out and said, what are you doing?
2: Well, the center did. The center ran over and tried to grab the way, grab the football right. away from
0: him. It, 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 you know what? It, it's, this is the world we live in now that even as we talk about the game, We talk about individuals as the cause of winning and losing. And then we get offended when the players treat it like, look at me. Right? It it, it was, you know, we used to be able to talk about a game and say, you know, the running game wasn't good or the passing game wasn't good or the defense isn't stopping anybody. Now we look at it as, This guy was a first-rounder. He can't get us more than three yards of carry, right?
1: This quarterback, all he
0: throws is throw dinks and dunks. We need him to throw it down the field.
1: We hear that every week with Jalen Rager right now.
0: Right, right. (laughs) And, and, And so when you think about football, the ultimate team sport, because I can tell you a lot of people might not know who my left guard was, but I knew if he didn't block, I was in trouble, Right. If he didn't block on a consistent basis, I was in trouble. I knew if, hey, I don't care how open you are if the quarterback can't get it there or the line isn't protecting, then you're not going to be able to celebrate your touchdown. It is the ultimate team sport, and I was fortunate that everywhere that I played football, including college, I played with a, a great group of guys. We all cared about one another. We all wanted the success, even in Cleveland, when we weren't good all the time. Yeah, so, well uh, I was fortunate.
2: Well, talk talking about teammates, uh for for those that don't know, Leroy was the MVP of the Rose Bowl in nineteen eighty nine. Quiz quick quiz question. What two Michigan players actually have won the MVP of the Rose Bowl since you did in nineteen eighty nine?
0: Oh I would guess um Timbiaga Batuka. No. No? Uh uh-uh. uh. Uh hold Ta- on.
1: Jeff needs like the Jeopardy music.
2: Right here <laughs> I, I, I don't. know. I
0: can't tell you.
2: Ty Wheatley I'm, and Brian Greasy. Tyrone,
0: Brian Greasy.
2: Yep. There you go. Yeah, you wouldn't have gotten that one.
1: I
0: <laughs> wouldn't. I would have got Tyrone Wheatley. Yeah, but, but but because because Tyrone Wheatley and Tim Bianca Batuka were the two guys that just destroyed Ohio State and then went to the Rose Bowl.
3: Well,
0: Brian Greasy, I can't remember. Like, yeah.
2: Well, don't be too modest. I believe in your time. I, I believe uh, Michigan won three out of four against Ohio State. Much yeah. uh, unlike the last decade or so. But but, but you I was got there. won this year. That's right, and I was there for that. But but and, and I wanted to talk to hasn't let me forget about it since. Well, yeah, but but, <laughs> but but but, Leroy. I believe your 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 freshman year, one of your teammates was the current coach of of Michigan. Yep. Uh and and if I about this, yeah.
0: I went to. I've known Ward Manuel since we were ten years old. Wow. Yeah, so we played Little League together. We went to different high schools. We played against each other. And in fact, the only reason why I got recruited to go to Michigan was Elliot Uzalak, who was the O-line coach at the time. He was recruiting Ward, who was the Gatorade defensive player of the year. And we just happened to be playing them, and we destroyed them. So then he started recruiting me.
1: That's amazing.
2: Yeah, well, we'll wait till Ward sees this tape. (laughs) (laughs) No, hey,
0: let me tell you. I I got, me and Ward have been friends forever. Um, Played a lot of sports together because New Orleans is really small. People don't realize, you know, like, you play sports with the same guys in your area, every sport through every weight class or age group. So my friends that I played baseball, football, basketball with, I played every sport from the time I was eight or nine till I went to high school. And then some of those guys I played with in high school. Um, and so we, me and Ward, we were from different parks or different areas, but we always played on the all-star teams together.
2: All right. So so let me ask you a question. If you, even though he was your teammate, uh, and even though the uh, the athletic director was was your buddy since you were 10, If I said to you before this season that Michigan was going to be in the college football playoff, only lose one game, where would you have had me committed?
0: (laughs) I I wouldn't have. And and here's why. I'm a little more patient with things than most people. That's because you're from Louisiana. And and one of the things (laughs) that I appreciate, and I've always appreciated in sports is patience. And, And keep in mind, OK, I played for a team that ran Bill Belichick at the time. OK, and and I'm not saying it would have worked out. But I'm saying it just proves that he was a good football coach that needed time. We take we, we hire these first time coaches. And expect them to just be awesome coaches right away. And if they don't, we get rid of them. And then a lot of times they go coach somewhere else, and they come back, and then they move around, and then after their second or third stint, okay. Because mm-hmm. I guess here is you want to hear one? How about Lane Kiffin? He bounced around a whole bunch of times. Now it looks like he's he's got his he's on solid ground. He's gonna be a coach somewhere. I well, love well, the Pittsburgh key is
2: somewhere. Does. Who knows who knows how long he stays until he goes to the <laughs> oh, next oh, job,
0: <laughs> right? But but I I love what Pittsburgh does. They hire a coach. They they go through the process. They hire a coach. And then they turn the page and start concentrating on the team. They don't worry about the coach. They don't criticize the coach. They let him coach. And he is going to be the coach for a substantial amount of time. They've done it throughout the history of their their football club. And guess what? It's proven that it works because at every coach they've had has won a Super Bowl.
1: You know, you talk about – coaches we've seen insane movement in the last few weeks lincoln riley's at usc brent venables to oklahoma brian kelly to lsu mario cristobal heading your way at miami chip Mm -hmm. kelly potentially talking to oregon again because why not what are your thoughts on the coaching moves and what it means to the players who commit to those coaches who then either decommit or are at a university with a staff that was not who they chose.
0: Let, let's not fool ourselves. It's a business. I, I'm never going to get mad at another person for doing what's best for him. Now, if you go to those kids and say, hey, uh, your university is offering him $4 million, but that university over there is offering him $8 million, what would you do? We understand, coach. Have a nice life. That's the reality of it. Right. You can't, you can't in that situation be upset that a coach decides to go make money. It's called a profession. Right? Because guess what? All things being equal, if he struggled the next couple of years, they ain't going to hesitate in firing him. So why wouldn't he, if he gets an opportunity to make more money, go do it. If you're going to get fired anyway, you might as well maximize what you can get while you can get it, so well, I'm never mad at a coach or a player, and and, and guess what, that's life. Like we big boys, hey, yeah, big, big yeah, boys, you're but the footballs.
2: Yeah, works. I agree, I agree with you, but there's got there's a way to do it. I mean, you you can't do what what Crystal Ball is alleged to have done, which is to, which is like be in kids' homes with their families and tell them, you know, rah rah, come to Oregon, that kind of stuff. While you change, no, but he knew at that point. At some point, you he have knew. to. He knew. Come on. See, <laughs>
0: so you're making uh, assumptions
2: just I to fit love, what you here, believe. Here, here come, he's, I here's love the it. Miami guy. I love this. You're making no look, yeah.
0: You're making assumptions just to fit what you believe. Okay. Um, I don't know what that situation was. To be honest with you, I never thought he'd come here. For this reason. Miami has never spent this amount of money on their football program.
2: Yeah, it's
1: a huge commitment what they're doing, bringing him there.
0: They're spending $8 million on a new coach, $9 million to buy him out, and $8 million to get rid of the old coach. That's not even counting who they're paying for assistant coaches.
2: And what about the athletic director, too?
0: An athletic director. Yep. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But you you know what? When you go cheap for so long, that's what it costs you. You got to overpay to get the guy you want. So – Look, I'm not mad at any coach for doing that because I certainly didn't feel sorry for Manny Diaz for getting fired. Right? He got paid.
1: He got paid on the right. other door.
0: Right, once you sign that, see, here's the thing that kills me about all these other jobs in sports. There is only one job that's not guaranteed, and that's an NFL football player. Everybody else traded, bumped, moved around. You go somewhere else or whatever, it's fine. Because once you sign that contract, it's guaranteed. And so I only ever feel sorry for a guy that signs this contract, makes that commitment, maybe could have went somewhere else as a free agent, but decides to come here, and in a year and a half, he's cut. That's it. That's the only the only the only guy I'll feel sorry about. Because guess what? The team is basically saying, My bad, we gave you too much damn money. We don't want to pay you no more. What world does that work in other than professional football? None. It doesn't. None. So,
2: I mean, look, we've we've right. talked we've talked to a, a lot of a lot of former NFL players, including a lot of old ones. We talked to Mean Joe Green a couple weeks ago about about how that generation, the generation even before ours, that of how nobody took care of their health insurance. And, and it, you know, it, it is baffling to me that the NFL still doesn't take care of, of players who built this league into what it is when they have the money that they could do it.
0: You know why? Because they can. Yeah. Like it takes, it takes a different type of person to volunteer his money. To take care of somebody else. See, in 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 the world we live in today. You know, whenever we do something like that, philanthropic, right? Mm-hmm. Most people go out and tell everybody they did it, and and for the NFL to, to do something, and and I think they're trying to, right? Um, I think they're trying to. Um, I'm a firm believer that you can only get what's available when you work. Because think about this. They have the health, the health program now where you get X amount of dollars for every year of service. I missed out on that for, uh, a year. One year. If I would known that deal was on there, I would have sucked it up for one year. Because that would have set me up for the rest of my life.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So we just, you, you don't know. And granted, they can do something, but they don't have to. I have to understand that. Now, it doesn't mean that I can't ask them or we can't say, hey, the game is booming. You can do something. And they've tried to. So I'm not going to get on them too much for that. Okay? Because in any other profession, see, the, the problem with this is is when you have a profession where your contract is not guaranteed, it makes it more difficult to get into these deals where the insurance and everything is taken care of. And and I think that's the problem. Like, if me, personally, I think the NFL should have shorter contracts and guaranteed contracts. Because guess what? You won't be signing these 12 year, 270 million with 110 million guaranteed to make it look good. It'll be three, it'll be a Kirk Cousins deal. Three years, 90 million. We'll revisit it again. We'll sign you early if you're doing well, but you're going to get this $90 million. And you're
2: going to get your health insurance. And all these
0: contracts wouldn't be ridiculous. hmm. Especially after you get vested. Especially after you play a number of years. Because when you go, look, you get to your fourth and fifth year. That's the big contract right there. You should be able to cash in.
2: If you're still around.
0: If you're still around. Yeah. Correct. I mean, look, the position you played three years is a
2: long time.
0: If you're not around, you don't deserve to be. Okay, there's teams that draft the wrong guys. Like, let's not let them off the hook either. Like, don't worry, yeah, we, don't don't worry. worry. <laughs> we have
2: that we have that in Philadelphia. I was gonna say we <laughs> look,
1: I've got Jalen Rager instead of Justin Jefferson, and Jeff never hears the end of it. So don't you worry. Yeah. We but you know, you mention it and you mention coaches and patients. We had that here. Nick sirianni's first couple weeks. They wanted to run him out of town because he's making flower analogies. Then all of a sudden he starts running the ball and they're like, This is a good team. Then Jalen Hurts has a terrible game and we need to get rid of him. Then Gardner Minshew comes in. Oh, he's the best thing ever. And now we've got to have a quarterback controversy. Like this roller coaster is just ridiculous.
0: It's it's it's, it's football and it's not all sports because guess what? In basketball, if you make that investment, you're going to see it through. In fact. Most of the time, their are rookie they're rookie guys sit out a year. They get a free year of money. Well, Wait, here
2: in, in, here, out, in it's, Philadelphia, it's mandatory. Yeah, we, you have to sit out at right. least two years. Yeah, and oh, and
1: we process. and then we pay we pay our guys <laughs> after they sign extensions, and then they decide they don't want to play, and
2: then you, they you, sit you out. You know and. what I do?
0: <laughs> I always root against
2: Philadelphia. Thank you.
0: <laughs> let me let me tell you why.
2: And we were just going to get to the whole Philadelphia is playing Miami let, next because of, because of the process.
0: Let, <laughs> let me tell you why. That is exactly correct. Yep. Because if you have a group of guys and you let them think that it's acceptable to lose, then they're never going to fight through it. And that's what you have right now. Well, There's so a bunch of guys on your team that they don't know what it's like to fight through a struggle because anytime they've had some kind of struggle, it's the process.
2: What? It's well, the process. but but we we had one of those guys. We traded for him and then we traded him to Miami. So, so, now you have him, so we got Josh Richardson, oh, that, that didn't work out either so yeah. <laughs> so, but, so what is it? what have you seen from we see from afar what Jimmy Butler has done since he left Philadelphia. What do you see on it when you get to see him on a daily basis as to what that mentality means to a team and and how the rest of the team goes as he goes
0: you, When you watch sports, <clears throat> any team, anywhere? You see that one guy that's like the spark plug, right? He may not be the engine. He may not be the high-powered, you know, fuel injection and all that. But without him, it doesn't work. Without that spark plug, without that energy, without that want to, without that fight, without that determination, everything else seems to, everybody else just seems to fall in line right? That's what he was in Philadelphia, okay? Jimmy Butler's on your team, your defense automatically gets better. Now, I don't know what that has to do for all the other guys. Maybe they look at Jimmy and say, we better get on point here because this guy's balling. He's giving us effort. He's putting everything into it, and he will not allow anybody else to come into the game playing soft. And you think when you measure the numbers and this and that, Oh, we can get another guy to do that. But you can't. You can't. And now you're finding out that all the things that you did, the worst thing you did was let Jimmy Butler go. Because I tell you what, with Jimmy Butler there, he would have kept everything else in order. They may not have liked it, okay? And that's the problem with young players in a lot of sports right now is you pamper them, you tell them about the process, don't worry about it, sit out, you're our guy. And then when it's really time to be the guy, they can't fight through adversity. They want out. You know, if you hold them accountable, if you tell them, hey, man, you got to be better than this. We're paying you a lot of money to be better. Instead of fighting through it and saying, you're right, I don't want to play here anymore.
2: All right, so, so that's so,
0: what the situation is there.
2: So, how bad does Jimmy Butler want to beat the Sixers when he plays? them, I and what's going to happen next week when the Sixers play? You know the
0: what? He really, he, he tell, he says it all the time, he really, really, really likes Joel Embiid.
1: And Joel and really so unliked him. He didn't want him there, to go.
0: There's no, there's no hard feelings about. It. Look, think about this. You think Tom Brady feels anything towards New England? He won a Super Bowl. He don't <laughs> give a damn about New England no more, right?
2: And you it's a whole Jimmy, lot warmer.
0: <laughs> right? You think Jimmy Butler cares about Minnesota and Philadelphia? No, he went to the finals a couple of years ago. He's where he wanted to be. He wanted to have success. So, like, even though they they try to make this a thing, especially in basketball. It's not really a thing because they all know each other. They all like each other. They're all friends.
2: All right. Well, we we got about a minute left. We got to get a prediction from you as the, as the Michigan guy. What's going to happen with the college football playoff? Does Michigan ha- they're seven and a half point dogs right now against Georgia? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is this is happening in your backyard. What I'm, what is going to happen? I know you're going to be
0: here. I'm going to tell you right now. Right, Georgia is a fraud. <laughs> You can't be the best defense in the country and give up 41 points and get pushed around and punked, okay? So there's blood in the water. And guess what Michigan does? Run the football, get after the quarterback, and control the line of scrimmage. That's a bad mix for Georgia because they don't really – they throw the ball about like Michigan does, and they rely on their, their big uglies up front to just go and manhandle the other defensive line, and they big ball everybody. Then you start. When the team loses like that, you know what you do? You go back and check out their victories. You go back and check who have they beat? they big SEC. Who have they beat? And you go and check <laughs> all of those games they played.
1: I love the confidence. You, Jeff has you, not had your confidence all season, by the way. You could No,
0: Jeff. guess what? The only time I ever got mad at Jim Harbaugh, the only time, Stop switching quarterbacks. I get it. You want to get the young guy in there to do something, but he did that against Michigan State, and they fumbled.
2: Oh, And yeah. I was
0: like, that's it.
2: You're done. <laughs> Enough of that. You're done with patience at nope, that point. Nope, he wasn't <laughs> done with it. He's not giving up on it.
0: He's not giving up on nope. it, but guess what? You know why? Because all they got to do is hand it off to those two guys in the back.
1: Well, Leroy, that's look, we'll, we'll be watching. We'll be watching. See what hey, Jimmy. about.
0: Michigan, Michigan is not a seven-and-a-half-point underdog to anybody in this country.
1: Well, Nobody, you
0: can do two things. You can do. They can do the two things that travel anywhere in the world to play football: run the ball, okay. stop the run, get after the quarterback. You can do those things. You can play with anybody.
2: And we got a kicker. Well, Don't forget,
1: we got a kicker. Look, if 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 and when Michigan wins, uh, I'm sure Jeff will want to be talking about it on the radio. So we will have you back to come. I, talk I didn't about- know
0: it was a Michigan day. I would look all my. Let me tell you. I, I have mission. to deal all with my, this all the time. All I'm, my stuff I'm a, is dirty.
1: I'm a Rutgers grad, so the best there I got is go. that we knocked off uh, Purdue yeah. last night with a last-second shot, but I got nothing Two for ago, you years ago, we football. had the Rutgers rule. Yeah, I know. It
0: means we bet against Rutgers in every football game.
2: You, you do very well if you do that, by the way. When I was in college. <laughs> Thank you. You just, you just gave me fodder for the next five years. The, r- Rutgers rule. <laughs>
1: when, hey, the Rutgers
0: rule. The Rutgers rule.
1: When I was in college, I did the same thing. <laughs> Leroy, thanks so much, man. You take care of yourself.
0: All right, man. Take Have it easy.
1: One. Jeff, Jeff, we're out of time here. We're going to have to just go to the end. Thanks so much for joining us this week. Make sure to join us next Friday night to help you start your weekend in style. Have a great one, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.